Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. say I get really emotional when I see all the presents coming up and I was like don't cry don't cry don't cry but well done church what a beautiful act of generosity and love so good give your health give yourselves another hand for doing that so good 20 days away isn't it 20 days away till Christmas who's finished all their Christmas shopping oh Okay, I thought there'd be like a few really super duper organised people. That's all right. I'm in the same boat this year, running a little bit behind. You know, this morning we're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 6. So if you've got a Bible, you want to turn with me to Joshua chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We're going to pop it on the side screens. And basically the background before we get reading is that... Moses had handed over the reins to Joshua. So he was now leading the Israelites into the promised land. But by the time they got there, other nations were there. So Jericho being one of them. And so God speaks to Joshua as he's leading the Israelites and guides him through the next steps. So we're going to be reading from Joshua chapter 6. And it says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk around the ark, will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all your people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, march around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. Verse 8, after Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord of the covenant uh, followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with horns and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing the horn. Now listen to this verse, verse 10. Do not shout, don't even talk, Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you. Until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day. Then everyone returned to spend the night in camp, in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horn marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched around both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day, they marched around the town once and returned to camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before, but this time they went around the town seven times. 
The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast of, the horn, of their horn, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. And if we fast forward to verse 20, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Come on. If you know that story, you know that that's amazing, right? And many of us came prepared to give, as you see here, this morning. But today, I want to talk about a different kind of a gift. It's not a gift that costs money. That's a gift of your words. The gift of your words. You know, you notice here that um, in Joshua 6, 10, he says, Do not shout. Don't even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. We all know someone that would benefit from learning to stop, think before they speak. Anyone know anyone like that? Yeah. Maybe some of you have been those people, said things you regretted. I know I have. And as I was thinking about that situation, I thought it was really interesting that Joshua commanded them not to say a single word. And I was envisioning myself being one of the armed men walking around the town, walking around the city. I don't think it'd take me very long to complain, I'll be honest. First day, walking around in the heat, nothing really changing then following the same pattern for six days. I'm not athletic, guys. I don't even think it'd take me to the sixth day to be, to be wanting to whinge or complain about it. I'll be honest. I'd be sore. And there's no reason why this method should work. The Bible doesn't say that the walls changed or the walls slowly shifted as they were walking around by the sixth day. But they were obedient to God's Word. They were obedient to what Joshua was telling them to do. And there is a reason for that. Church, because your words carry power. Your words carry power. What you speak over yourself carries power. And this morning, seeing as we're talking about our gift-giving service, I want you to picture your words as a gift, the gift of your words. And I wanna ask you a few questions this, a few questions this morning. The first one being, what words are you giving to yourself as a gift? I'll repeat that. What words are you giving to yourself as a gift? You know, Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue can bring death or it can bring life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It can bring death or it can bring life. You know, sometimes we think of words and we just think of things that just flow out of our feelings of our emotions, of our frustration, and we think of them as having little to no effect. In fact, we often hear this, and I'm sure you've heard it before, oh, I'm just venting. Ever heard that one? I'm just venting, as though we discount the words that are coming out of our mouths because we say, oh, I'm just venting. You know, I was thinking about this when the Israelites were faced with an obstacle and they were walking towards God's plan but they faced a literal city standing in the way. They had to confront Jericho in order to go to Canaan. And we read about their position. And I can't help but be reminded about how we often face Jericho-like obstacles in our lives in pursuit of what God has put on your heart, in pursuit of what God has maybe called you to do and called you to achieve. We face obstacles. 
And I've often heard people say things like, I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm just not good enough to to do that. And we face these spiritual battles, maybe from fear or from anxiety, whatever it is, from person to person, it will look different. But I wanna encourage you this morning and say that we need to watch the words that we are giving to ourselves as a gift because your words can carry death or they can carry life. They can carry death or, you, or they can carry life, but it's your choice. You have the power of choice here. You know, your words are significant. We need to stop thinking of words as just things that we just throw out into the atmosphere that carry little to no impact. Words are things that we are tethering ourselves to. You know, it's like, imagine I was holding a balloon. I was supposed to bring a balloon. I forgot the balloon, it doesn't matter. But imagine I was holding a balloon and I had a string. The words that I'm speaking out, I'm holding on to that. There is a tether between what I'm speaking and what I'm saying over myself. So we need to watch the words that are coming out of our mouths. There's a reason why Joshua told them not to speak. Let's speak out of faith. You are anchoring yourself to your words. And if you don't know what to say, can I encourage you? Open the Word of God. Speak the Word of God over yourself. That's the best thing you can do. The next question that I have for you this morning is, what words are you giving to others as a gift? What words are you giving to others as a gift? Joshua chapter 6 verse 2 said this, But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings and all its strong warriors. Did you notice that the Lord said, I? That it's him who brings the victory? It's him who brought their victory. When you are facing obstacles or others around you, loved ones are facing obstacles and they're so close to your heart and we love them and we want to step in and try and resolve the situation for them or maybe just make them feel a bit more comfortable or maybe we want to try and help somehow. I want to encourage you that it's God who brings the victory. It's God who brings the victory for them in their situation. Let's be a people that speak that victory over other people in our lives. It's great. It's awesome because we don't have to carry the burden of trying to find the solution. We just have to keep pointing them back to God because it's God who brings the victory. We pray for them. We intercede with them. We love them. Yes, but we don't have to find the solution because it's God who brings the victory. You know, when people go through trials and really hard times, often it feels like they've just faced with a closed door. And if you're going after and you're chasing after a dream that you have or something that you feel that God is calling you to do and achieve and you're faced with a closed door, it's really hard. Because often we see that closed door as a no. Often we see that closed door as though that there's no victory and God's not working and He's not in this. And we think to ourselves, maybe it's not meant to happen. The Israelites were standing there in front of a literal city with huge walls. They had no idea how to tackle it, but it was God who brought the victory. 
Don't discount what God has called you to do or where He wants to take you just because you face a closed door because they faced a literal city, shut up shop, massive walls. But God brought the victory. God brought the victory. Maybe you're called to to start a business and you've been really feeling that on your heart, but you're seeing the lack of provision. Maybe you don't have the business space. I don't know what's standing in the way. Again, from person to person, you will be facing different types of Jericho. But I want to remind you, God provides the victory. God can show you just how, just like He showed the Israelites how to step out, step out in faith and obedience. He can do it for you. He can do it for you. So in this season, what words are you giving to others as a gift? What words are you giving to yourself as a gift? He can repurpose any obstacle. We need to stop looking at them as closed doors as the final answer. Maybe we need to shift our thinking a little bit. Shift how we see the doors. Maybe instead of seeing a closed door, we can see them as a stepping stone where God can stretch you, where God can help you grow in your faith and in your obedience towards Him. And it is a stepping stone for something that you can step onto and then it propels you into a season of fruitfulness and blessing. Come on. Sometimes we've got to say it to ourselves. Sometimes we've got to remind other people around us that no, 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 God brings the victory. It's okay if I don't have all the answers. I don't need all the answers. God has all the answers. God is good. He is so good. You know what? In Hebrews, when they refer back to the passage that we just read, this is what they say. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith. So as a nation stepped out in faith and obedience, God brings about a victory and delivers them. Come on, that's awesome. What an awesome reminder to us this morning. Words carry power. They can carry either death or life. Let us be a people that remind each other that God isn't a bystander. God isn't a bystander. Pastor Phil said that earlier this morning. God isn't a bystander. He is active. I'm going to say that again. He is active. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. God is active. If you would just engage Him, God can bring about a victory. God can bring about your victory. The next question that I have for you this morning is what words are you speaking over your situation? What words are you speaking over your situation? You know, I'm going to be honest here. Walking around a city for six days, it's a strange plan. And then on the seventh day, you let out a big shout. It doesn't make sense. It's a strange plan. There's no logical reasoning for why that should work. It doesn't make them any more effective. It didn't say that the walls changed or shifted as they were walking around. It doesn't make sense. It's a strange plan. But thank God that he is not limited by our thinking. Thank God that he is not limited by our thinking. Because I would have thought, why? I don't understand. I don't really think that's going to make a big difference. 
But sometimes we feel like that. We feel like God isn't working. God isn't doing anything because we can't see it the way we imagine it to be because we don't understand all the bits and the pieces and it's frustrating because maybe God is asking you to step out in faith and obedience and you don't understand why. And you want to understand why and you want to process it before you step out in faith. But I don't think we're meant to. I think we're meant to be step out in faith and I think we're meant to be obedient. Just like the Israelites were. You know, we can learn from the Israelites and their obedience to God because they were obedient even in the strange plans. Obedient even in the strange plans. Even if it's uncomfortable, walking around in the heat, sweating, listening to the horns. Look, maybe they loved it, but I don't know that I would after that long. Um, Your solution... Your breakthrough, your blessing, what you are petitioning God for, whatever is standing in the way of what you are trying to pursue, it may come through a strange plan. It may come through a strange plan. It might seem strange to others. It might make no sense at all. But you know what? It's God who brings the victory. It's God who brings the victory. And I love that they were obedient to God. They were obedient to God. You know, Phil mentioned a little a bit about um, our finances before when he was sharing about our giving. And when we first got married, we came back from our honeymoon. This is many, many years ago now. Um, we received a lovely gift in the mailbox. It's not the gift you kind of want to receive when you come back from your honeymoon. It's a huge amount of bills. (laughs) Welcome to adult life. I was like, oh, okay. And the few things that happened and for whatever reason, we had a huge amount of bills and it wasn't fun. And it was back before the days of bills being emailed to you. You know, you had to physically go and get them from the mailbox back then. And um, the truth is we had more bills coming in than we had income. And it was stressful. It was really stressful. It wasn't easy. And I would walk to the mailbox and I would feel anxious and I would feel fearful and I would see that lovely envelope knowing full well it's another bill with our names on it. And I knew that we didn't have the means to actually resolve this. And I wasn't sure what to do. But Phil and I had made a commitment that we were going to be faithful in our giving. We were going to remain faithful in our giving despite the circumstances. And as I felt anxious and being the organised person that I am, I had all the bills categorised in a specific folder. Yes, I know, I'm one of those people. And (laughs) I had different tabs and different things and I had them all set out. But before I opened every envelope, I decided to to change something. See, I didn't know how to get us out of that mess, but I knew Scripture. I didn't know how to fix this, but I knew God's Word. 
So I decided what I would do instead is I would write Scriptures physically on the front of that folder before I even opened it up. I would plaster a whole heap of different Scriptures on there. And what I began to do is I began to read them out loud over myself, over us as a couple, over the situation. And I began to read God's Word over our thought patterns, over our decision-making processes. And you know what? Slowly but surely, just like marching around in Jericho in the heat, it was hard. But God brought us out of that situation and we are better because of it, because it built our faith to tackle on bigger things with ease. What words are you giving to yourself as a gift? What words are you giving to others as a gift? But what words are you speaking over your situation? Your words carry power. You can either bring death or you can bring life. The next question that I want to ask you is, what words are you giving to God as a gift? What words are you giving to God as a gift? Notice that the Israelites gave a shout of victory when they were allowed to speak again. It was a shout of victory. What words are you giving, are you coming to God with? Do you just come to God really quickly with your list of prayer needs and then amen and then you go and you forget to praise Him? You forget to thank Him? You don't wait on Him? Our words matter. You know, I understand that Australia isn't perfect at the moment, but we are blessed. We are so blessed. Let's not lose sight of the fact that we are blessed here. You know, there are other places in the world facing greater challenges than we are. So yes, send your prayer requests to God about our nation because yes, we do need them. But let's also remember and take the time to be thankful and to be grateful for what we do have, for what God has already provided. You know, a little while ago, I decided I do have a prayer list and it's great, but I wanted to start writing a gratitude list. And it was just a list of things that God had provided for. Some I had not even asked for. I didn't even know I needed, but God provided. And do you know what? When I read through that, it builds my faith. It reminds me that I serve a God that is mighty, that He is powerful and He is great and He is worthy to be praised. And it is good to praise Him. You know, the reality is when life is going well and things are working out, it's not too hard to think about the words that are coming out. But when things get tough, when we're in a valley moment, when we feel hard pressed and there's a pressure that's mounting from work or from your family, it's tough. It's tough. James 1 Verse 2 to 3 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know, when I read this, I kind of giggled a little bit because it reminded me of this. A little while ago, a long while ago now, our boys were really little and they were going through um, the tantrum stage. It's not a fun stage. If you haven't experienced it in a while, it's not fun. And I remember I was reading all these behaviour management sort of forums at the time and they were all saying, oh, 
the next tantrum is a great opportunity to teach them how to behave. So don't be upset as you face them. Come on. And I'm just, here I am going, please, Lord Jesus, let it not be at Woolies or Coles, please. Or Aldi, more like it if I'm shopping. But... But it reminded me of that scripture. I might actually ask the keyboard to come back up. You know, we're, my kids are a little bit older now, so we're not in that tantrum season anymore. Praise Jesus. But our youngest one, Isaiah, has a tendency to do this. Mummy, you never take me to the park, even if I took him to the park the day before. Mummy... The horses back there, that he always wants to stop and say hello to them. You never stop for the horses. We stopped last week. <laughs> Mummy, you never do this. You never do that. You never do this. And it was really frustrating, but then I actually realised something. He doesn't know how to express what he wants. He doesn't know how to do it. So I had to step in and say, Isaiah... I think what you actually are trying to say is, Mummy, can you please take me to the park today? So he went, oh, okay. Mummy, can you please take me to the park today? And I said, sure. How about in 30 minutes? And it went on. And I had to sort of teach him how to express himself. See, he, he needed his language to be shifted. You know what, church? Sometimes we can be like little children before God. We get caught up in the trials and we begin to say things like, God, you're not providing. I'm all alone. Where are you? You're not working. But just like Isaiah, we need to change our language. Just like he needed to shift his language, we needed to shift we need to shift ours. So when you're facing crazy trials and situation, that you're watching the words that are coming out of your mouth. Words that you're giving to yourself. Words that you're giving to others. Words that you are speaking over your situation. And words that you're giving to God. There is power in your words. I want to pray for a special group of people this morning. So with every eyes closed and head bowed. If you haven't made a personal decision to follow Jesus and make Him Lord and Saviour of your life, it's the best gift that you could give yourself or others with your words. It's a simple prayer. But can I encourage you that that prayer is powerful? And I'm not asking you if this is your first time at church or if you have come because of a family member and grew up in a Christian home. I'm asking, is He your number one? Is He your number one? If you're not sure and you feel like your heart is pumping, I'm telling you it's the best decision that you can make. I'm going to invite everyone to repeat after me so you don't have to do that alone. But if that's you here this morning and you want to to pray that prayer, you want to live your life differently, you want to experience some of that joy, some of that peace, and you want your words to come out differently, I want you just to pop your hand up real quick and then you can pop it back down. Thank you. Thank you. You can pop it back down. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to ask every believer... 
along with you to pray and repeat this prayer. Come on, church, let's gather with them. Dear Jesus, I give my life to You. Thank You for dying on the cross for my sins. That You rose from the dead. I need You as my Saviour. Help me to live my life for You and You alone. Thank You for Your love for Your forgiveness and Your grace. I thank You for my new start. Amen. Why don't we give a hand to everyone that prayed that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the family. We'd love to get to know you and meet you after the service. So make sure you come and say hi. Come and grab a Bible from Pastor Phil or myself or anyone that's wearing a T-shirt. We'd love to meet you. We've also got our foundations course online. We'd encourage you to log in and do that and you get some brilliant emails daily. But before I hand back over to Pastor Phil, I wanna pray for another group of people. If you feel like you are facing a Jericho-like obstacle in your way, in your pursuit of what God has for you in your life, I want you to pop your hand up this morning. We're gonna pray that God provides breakthrough, that God guides you through the next season, tells you when to speak, how to speak, when to march and when not to march. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand up high. Come on, let's not be shy about this. We all face obstacles. They might just look different and that's okay. But we serve a God who can meet every single one of our needs. Come on. Thank You, Jesus. God, I just thank You for every single one that's got a hand raised. Facing obstacles that look different. But God, You know exactly what obstacles are standing in the way. And God, You know exactly what next steps that they need to take. So God, I pray that You would guide them. You would guide the words that flow out of their mouths, Lord Jesus. You would tell them when to walk, when not to walk, when to speak, when not to speak, and how to speak, Lord Jesus. We thank You in Your Name. Amen. Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.